Good morning, church. My name is Tim Power. I'm one of the pastors here at Salem, and I've got a question for you. How would you define the word faith? Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Let's say the folks from Merriam-Webster's or Dictionary.com give you a call and they say, we need a definition for the word faith. What would you say? Now, if you're watching this on Facebook Live, share a definition in the comment section below. Or if you're watching this with some friends or some family, feel free to pause this and share your thoughts with each other. What is faith? Now, faith is a word we use a lot. People talk about how important their faith is to them. People encourage each other with, have a little faith. But what is it? Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith this way. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. Do you hear that? Faith is believing what you can't see. Faith is trusting in an invisible God. Faith is trusting in the Word of God even when it doesn't seem to match your circumstances or when it sounds so different from what you're hearing all around you. Now, I want to say this and I want to be really clear. Faith is hard. Well, we are in the middle of a sermon series right now called The Next Right Thing. And it's based around this simple idea that as followers of Jesus, we are called to in every circumstance, on every day, be looking for the next right thing. We don't have to have the rest of our lives figured out. We don't have to know what five years from now is going to look like. We're just called to look out for the next right thing. Now, that's simple, but it's hard. Remember, I just said faith is hard. Oftentimes, doing the next right thing is hard. But following Jesus means doing hard things. Because, you know, when our lives are over, we won't be remembered for the things we said we believed in. We'll be remembered for what we did, how we lived, and, and how we loved. The British author and minister George MacDonald once said this, A man's real belief is that which he lives by. What a man believes is the thing he does, not the thing he thinks. So as Christians, we're not to be thinkers of Jesus, we're to be followers of Jesus. And church, I don't want us to just be a church that believes in the Bible, I want us to be doers of the Bible doers of the next right thing that God leads us into. It sounds easy. Well, it is, until it's hard. Many years ago, I was inspired by a pastor who talked about praying with your kids at night before bed. Not a novel or a new idea, but he talked about not just praying, but saying declarations or affirmations as a way of instilling in your kids your family's values. And so, every night before we put our kids to sleep, my wife and I, we pray with our kids, and then we end it with this affirmation. We seek God's kingdom, not just ours, and we do what's right, even if it's hard. Now, confession time. I am a wildly inconsistent parent. I make a lot of plans and have all of these intentions that I don't follow through on. Wildly inconsistent, but this is the one thing I have stayed consistent over 13 years of parenting, is that when we put our kids to sleep at night, I pray with them and we say together, 
We seek God's kingdom, not just ours, and we do what's right, even if it's hard. Now, as I said earlier, just saying something is not the same as doing something. And uh, oftentimes we can say something over and over again, and it just becomes noise after a while. And so I was asking my boys uh, about that. I said, you know how we, we always say when we go to sleep that uh, we do what's right even if it's hard? Do you do that? Is that really what you think? And is that really what you try to follow? And, and one of my sons said, yeah, depending on the circumstance. Another one of my sons said, sure, of course, if it isn't too much trouble. Now. I think they were kidding. I don't know where they get their inappropriate sense of humor. But if I'm honest, I don't know if that's always true. Do what's right even if it's hard. But as the people of God, that's what we're called to. Well, today I want to look at a story in the Old Testament that talks about three young men who did what was right even when it was hard. They did the next right thing even though it might cost them everything. I want you to turn in your Bible to Daniel chapter 3. And if you don't have your Bible, open a Bible app on your phone. If you don't have a Bible app on your phone, you can open the Salem app. There's actually a Bible in our Salem app. How cool is that? So I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3 tells a story of a king named Nebuchadnezzar. Now, he was the king of Babylon. He had attacked Jerusalem and taken many, many Jewish people into exile to serve him in Babylon. Now, he was not the most humble king. In fact, he built a giant statue of himself made out of gold and demanded that everyone, once a day when they heard a certain song being played, they had to bow down on their knees and worship King Nebuchadnezzar. If you didn't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar, you were to be thrown into a giant furnace and burned to death. Wow, controversy over statues is not a new thing. Well, in this story, we meet three young Jewish men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They followed the God of Israel, and now according to their faith, they were never supposed to bow down to a statue, what they would call a graven image. To do so, would be to deny their God. Now, they could have just gone along with the crowd. They could have bowed down but said a silent prayer in their head, God, I really believe in you, but if I don't bow down, they're going to throw me in this furnace and, and, and I'm more useful to you fresh than extra crispy. But they didn't do that. They did the next right thing, even though they knew it could cost them their lives. They put their faith to the test. And that's important because a faith that's been tested is a faith that can be trusted. That's so important, so I'm going to say it again. A faith that's been tested is a faith that can be trusted. Now, when Nebuchadnezzar got word of these three young men who refused to bow down to the statue, he came to them and he said, Who do you think you are? Don't you know that by law, if you don't bow down, I have to throw you into a fiery furnace? Now, we're going to pick this story up in Daniel from when they respond to the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, We don't need to answer your question. If our God, 
the one we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of flaming fire and from your power, your majesty, then let him rescue us. But if he doesn't, know this for certain, your majesty, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage and his face twisted beyond recognition because of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In response, he commanded that the furnace be heated to seven times its normal heat. He told some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of flaming fire. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound, still dressed in their clothes and thrown into the furnace of flaming fire. Now the king's command had been rash and the furnace was heated to such an extreme stream that the fire's flame killed the very men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to it. So these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the furnace of flaming fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped in shock and said to his associates, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? They answered the king, certainly your majesty. He replied, look, I see four men unbound walking around inside the fire and they aren't hurt. And the fourth one looks like one of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar went near the opening of the furnace of the flaming fire and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, certain of the most high God, come out, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. The chief administrators, ministers, governors, and the king's associates crowded around to look at them. The fire had done anything, the fire hadn't done anything to them. Their, their hair wasn't singed. Their garments looked the same as before. They didn't even smell like fire. Nebuchadnezzar declared, may the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be praised. He sent his messenger to rescue his servants who trusted them. They ignored the king's order, sacrificing their bodies because they wouldn't serve or worship any God but their God. I now issue a decree to every people nation and language, whoever speaks disrespectfully about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God will be torn from limb from limb and their house made a trash heap because there is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the kings made Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prosperous in their province of Babylon. What a story. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did the next right thing, even though it was the hardest thing to do. And did you notice what it said in verse 25? The three of them were thrown into this fiery furnace, but when the king looked in, he saw four people. And it said the fourth one that he saw in the furnace looked like a god. Theologians call this a Christophany, or an appearance of Jesus, our Savior, in the Old Testament. Do you get the implication of that? Even when they were thrown into this fiery furnace, Jesus was with them in the fire. That is so important, and I want you to hear this. When we follow God where he leads us, we never go alone. See, quite literally in this story, their faith went through the fire. And what was the result? It turned the heart of the king of Babylon to God. See, in verse 28, it says, Nebuchadnezzar declared, may the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be praised. 
What kind of faith is that? That's the faith that has been tested. And a faith that's been tested is a faith that can be trusted. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7 says this, Now rejoice in this hope, even if it's necessary for you to be distressed for a short period of time by various trials, it is necessary so that your faith may be found genuine. Your faith is more valuable than gold, which will be destroyed even though it is itself tested by fire. Your genuine faith will result in praise, glory, and honor for you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, I don't think I am going out on a limb by saying that many of us are going through trials right now. Many of us are going through a tough time. And some of us can see the next right thing, but we're terrified to take that step. Please hear me, if you go where God leads, you never go alone. You know, at the end of his life, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he knew that he was going to die on the cross for our sins. It was the next right thing. In fact, it was his whole reason for coming to earth, but he was terrified. He didn't want to go through with it. In fact, he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane and he prayed this, my father, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not what I want, but what you want. The next right thing for Jesus meant giving up his life. And for what? For you. You were the prize that Jesus was after. He died to forgive your sins and my sins so that we could live lives that look like Jesus, so that we wouldn't be slaves to selfish ambition. How can I get more from me? How can I build my kingdom? How can I bow down to the altar of me? No, Jesus died so that we could really live, so that we could love with the same radical, earth-shaking, transformational love that Jesus showed us when he went to the cross. Maybe for you, the next right thing is to surrender your life to Jesus. Perhaps you've never really said yes to following Jesus. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time, but not a follower. Well, today is the day to put your faith to the test because a faith that's been tested is a faith that can be trusted. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give ourselves to you today. We want to follow where you lead us, regardless of the consequences. Not our will, but yours be done in us. We give you thanks for surrendering your life so that we could truly know you. Show us the next right thing, God. We love you and we seek to know you more and to follow after you more closely each day. Amen.